previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. First of all, we wanted to say a special thank you yes. for your generous support. Yes. That's the first things first. You are one of our Patreon sponsors, and we really appreciate that. And yeah, you got to buy your way on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Hey, Littles. Littles. If you're a Star Wars fan, Uh you're not going to want to go far. That's all I'm going to say. Star Wars fans, you came to the right show today. Even if you're a Star Trek fan, I think you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. So much going on. Roxy and I took a little trip up to see mom and dad. Yep. The in-laws, as I call them. So lots to go on there. Roxy got to play golf. I did. Which we'll get to. We're going to tease all this for the last section because there's lots to talk about in our little jaunt up to Connecticut, as I'm calling it. Mine was a little short-lived because I was doing some work over the weekend, but we are re-recording this for the second time, (laughs) some parts the third time. What is this, our wedding? Uh, Yeah, right? (laughs) So this is what happened was we had this all set to go out Tuesday morning, but then out of nowhere... And I thought that was safe because there was no PTI because of the baseball trade deadline stuff. Right. And then the big show dropped a show. So we didn't release on that day. Then they released another one on Wednesday. Come so on, man. What are we even doing out here, I man? I know. I don't know. But <laughs> the earliest this is going to get out is Thursday, which, if that's the case, Roxy. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. You look like you love me and I love you too. Uh, I love that part. This is the birthday <laughs> card I got her. Hold on. Here's another one. Ketchup is red. Mustard is not. Blah, 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 blah. And I think you're hot. <laughs> That's my favorite one. Right? All right. So I got her this card that has all these little cards in it with these yeah. voice activated things. Hopefully you heard that. All right. And it's my birthday. And it's your birthday. Unless <laughs> this doesn't drop on Thursday. Right. And it drops on Friday. Then, then your it's birthday the day was after yesterday. my birthday. So anyway. <laughs> We're in a mess here, Littles. We're trying our hardest to keep this as updated as possible. It's been a little crazy. But it's my birthday. Well, it it was your birthday. We don't know. We don't know. Birthday week. Depends when this drops. We wanted to get another another episode besides this one out before Summer Summer of Littles, Littles. which is this Saturday. August 6th. The countdown is on. 5 p.m. 5 p.m. Local time, wherever you're hosting or whatever. We're trying to get all the bumpers in that were sent. Thank you so much for those hosts that did that. We have three new ones today. We're very excited about that. And then, Roxy, though, we wanted to start as we've been because we got another supporter. So we're very excited about that. Greg Sharamita, thank you so much for your generous support. We really appreciate it. If you want to become a supporter and get some cool trinkets, maybe, Mm -hmm. uh, head on over to loyallittlespod.com and just scroll to the bottom you'll see the link there where you can go it brings you right to anchor which is where we release our podcast Mm -hmm. you can join there and become a supporter for as little as 99 cents a month so thank you again to all our supporters we really appreciate that we will be identifying them by name again soon we just wanted to make sure we acknowledge the new one newest one and i think chris davenport was the newest since him but anyway we have another big announcement we wanted to acknowledge this even though it's not our bag but Bobby Gottfried, he says, come join La Ligerie. The Littles Fantasy Premier League is back for another season. All are welcome. The deadline for entry is this Friday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. Now, Bobby, that's a really weird. Is there a reason for that? Do the games start at 2 or something? I don't know. It just seems like a weird deadline. Uh, 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. This Friday. This Friday, August 5th. Yeah, that's why I'm Mm -hmm. bringing this up again. We already had him on for five mediocre minutes to publicize this. But since the deadline's coming up very soon, we thought we'd throw it out there again. He says, play to win the covered Chatter Memorial Tree Frog Trophy, currently held by James Brzee. An invitation has been extended to Lace Saliza, who has played in the past. No guarantee he'll play again, but you never know. If you have any questions or any issues joining, do not hesitate to let him know. So I guess the best place to reach out to him is just go to his Twitter page. That's at Bobby Gottfried. And just in case, G-O-T-T-F-R-I-E-D. If you have any questions, go see him. Otherwise, I I don't know. I've heard Simon is in that group. I don't know. I is mean, he? He'd, he'd be the one out of all of us. Yeah. I mean, maybe Ritz. Ritz, are you on this? Ritz, are you going to do La, La Ligerie? I just like saying the name now that I know how to say it. Do you remember when I butchered it about a year ago? <laughs> I was like, La Ligari, I think is how I said it. But uh-huh. anyway, so anyway. All right, let's get to some of the emails. Brian Becker, fun episode. <laughs> Meredith was a hoot. 
and for some reason, I laughed harder than I probably should have at her Roxy, I'm not a psychopath comment. Yeah, that great, was good. Great summer of little bumpers by Jolene and Sandra and Phil the show killer for the Nebraska and Connecticut venues. And Nolan Reed's song is superb. So that was nice. All right. Who'd we hear from next? Next, we heard from Mike Brownell. In New York, the drinking age initially went from 18 to 19 in December of 1982, before the eventual change to 21. This is easy for me to remember because I had to wait two whole days before I could legally drink again. I was already 21 by the time New York State raised the age again. So uh, that's interesting that we were having a big talk about drinking ages last time. and I didn't realize it just went up a year first. Yeah, I didn't I don't realize that, that either. I don't remember that. Uh, so my sister and her friend must have been 18. Yeah. And then so they couldn't drink for a while. I don't know. I'm not For however sure. long. I mean, maybe as little as one day. We'll have to talk to her. Then we heard from Steve Tashir. Now, he ends the thing, Steve Tashir, sounds like Tashir. Tish-ear. He hyphenated. Now, Steve, am I pronouncing it wrong? Am I doing something wrong? Or tish-ear. is that just... That's what I thought. But maybe he. Maybe it's Tashir. Maybe there's a different emphasis somewhere isn't that how we're saying it tish ear tish ear tish ear tish ear but maybe it's tish ear you gotta let it roll off well but he specifically hyphenated at the end of his email so i thought maybe just let us know i want to make sure i'm saying your your name right (laughs) he was a great meet the little i know and we met him at jingle fest yes yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm -hmm. all right speaking of hello chuck and roxy first it was great to meet you in person at jingle tap (laughs) i just traveled from upstate new york Waved at Oneonta and Binghamton on my way by to Richmond, Virginia, and had time to catch up on podcasts. I listened to the latest seven podcasts and have some thoughts. Buckle in. One, Chuck is an idiot, but a hardworking, well-meaning, lovable one. (laughs) B, if you are changing careers, it seems that beer brewing is the way to go. Yep. Roman numeral three, stump the host slash guest is a great game. All right. Now, side note on that. We have one left. We have one left. So I, you know, I don't want to put any pressure on Claire, but if... uh, We're running low. I mean, if the listeners love the game, maybe we could set that up again at some point. It's a lot of work, though. No pressure. No pressure. We can do it ourselves, but then we won't really be able to play because we'll know the answers. Right. So, but that's okay. Then we could do five mediocre guests Mm -hmm. to come in and Mm -hmm. play the game. So Mm -hmm. anyway, we'll work on that. But we have one left. We're looking forward to that. Then lowercase d... As many people have pointed out, information for life, buy the house, fix the sink later, Roxy. (sighs) Now, I threw in the Roxy. It didn't say Roxy specifically, but we know know. he was talking to you. Yes. Then he puts number five, fun, dumb questions are 90% fun, 10% dumb, and in Gary math, 12.5% very enlightening. (laughs) 12.5. Yeah. Then he has dollar sign, parentheses. What? Canadians and littles are basically a boot the same thing. Then he has 99 parentheses. Don't quit your day job. Oops, sorry, a bit late. Thanks for all you do in expanding the connective tissue. Steve Tashir. All right, what's next, Roxy? Next, we heard from Sully. From Boston. Friends ran September 22nd, 1994 to May 6th, 2004. Animaniacs, 1993, before moving to the WB in 1995 as part of its Kids WB Afternoon Programming Block until the series ended on November 14th, 1998. If you could see the first, you could have seen the last. Okay, I see what he's doing there, but he obviously misunderstood the last episode when I was talking about I did see Friends, but it was later in life. I said specifically I never went to the lounge to watch Friends at Saturday Night Live. Those were appointment viewing for college students, but Mm -hmm. I was not one of them. Mm -hmm. So I didn't see Friends either in college. It wasn't until I started touring when people on tour were psycho about it, and then they would have gatherings on whatever night or whatever. So no, I didn't see either of them. Nope. So I understand what he's saying, though. Anyway. I'm not sure I do, but okay. No, he's based... I had commented how... I know Friends very well, but I'd never seen the Animaniacs. Oh. So he's basically saying, well, if you saw one, you can see the other. There's no excuse. I guess. Yeah. Sure. The same time frame. Sure. Right. Anyway. Okay. I think that's what he's saying. If not, I don't know. Eat He'll it write Sully. in. Eat it, Sully. <laughs> Todd Decay wrote in. He says, hey, there are hashtag TK Littles who brew beer and aren't in the hashtag TK Littles beer club two episodes in a row. I know. We should. Wait, now there's a club? 
Well, no, I guess there's always been Urbana a club. club. Yeah, there's been a club. Wow. I guess Todd Kay's in charge of that. I don't know, but Meredith Bootsy, you should look into that. Yeah. I don't know if it's really a club. I don't know what it is, but we weren't invited, Roxy, apparently. Well, we so. don't brew beer. Well, no, Yet. but we drink beer. At least I do. <laughs> anyway, and then he says, too, Nashville spicy chicken is what it's called in your house. Hot chicken is an actual style of chicken. Right, because I was saying how I say hot versus spicy. Hmm. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, let's call it what it is. We use Steve Osbolt's hot sauce. That's what we use, the hot barbecue sauce. Yeah. I like, I, as I said. I guess little, hot and spicy are interchangeable. A, a little recipe. I like to coat it and then cook it. I can't just use it as a dipping sauce. It's too hot for Sometimes, me. Sometimes. For me. Some of them. But I do like to cover it and then cook it in the sauce, mm-hmm. the hot sauce that Steve does. Like marinate and then, it. Marin- right. And then I like to use his other barbecue sauce for the dipping mm-hmm. or put it on the sandwich, whatever yep. you're cooking up. So, all right. Then we heard from Lee Gordon. He says, Chuck needs to stop beating himself up about mispronouncing Meredith Bootsy's name. When they see the name spelled out, who doesn't think of Ruth Boozy? Now, am I saying that right? And he said, looking forward to meeting the show killer because he's going to be at the Weathersfield, Connecticut, Summer of Littles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. Maybe we'll start here and head up. Th- no, I'm just kidding. We won't make it in time. We won't make it in time. <laughs> So are we are we sure we're saying that right? Hold on, hold on. Let me look this up. Ruth Buzzy. I think I said that right. What's yours? Ruth Buzzy. Oh, see, we got all these different pronunciations. Buzzy, Buzzy. I thought it was Buzzy. Buzzy. Tomato, tomato. I'm just. uh, We just want to make sure you know that we are semi doing some homework here (laughs) on the Loyal Littles podcast. All right, Roxy. And then we have. I almost feel like we need this as a new segment, the get off my lawn segment. Oh, boy. Dave Patton wrote in. He says, this is the get off my lawn moment, and it's brought to you by Stick Grip and Fog Free Eyewear. <laughs> it's stickgrip.com. And okay. fogfreeeyewear.com. Yes. The song, quote, Alien Superstar on the new Beyonce album is three minutes, 35 seconds long. It has 24 writers, not counting the writers of songs they sampled. The entire Goodbye Yellow Brick Road album has two. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming. So I guess what he's saying is that Elton John is the greatest because two writers for his whole album, whereas Beyonce needed how many? 20... Well, I don't know if it's the greatest. 23 for one song? 24. 24, 24. for one song? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's a really valid point. Yeah. Really valid point. All right. Let's get out of here, Roxy. Really great. Meet the Littles guest, as we said. Like we said, Star Wars fans, don't go anywhere. Well, all the Littles, stay tuned because this is a great interview. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Hello there, all you loyal Littles of the Capital Region. It's your old pal Jason Bullet here talking to you about the Summer of Littles meetup that's going to take place on August 6th. Where are we going to be meeting up, you ask? Good question. I'm here to answer it for you. We'll be gathering this time around at Joseph L. Bruno Stadium on the campus of Hudson Valley Community College in Troy, New York. That is the home of the Frontier League's Tri-City Valley Cats. And on that particular night, they'll be in Frontier League action against the New Jersey Jackals. Now, given that this is going to take place at 7 o'clock, at least the first pitch, we'll be meeting at 6.30. Come meet yours truly. I'll be over at section 3.30 or thereabouts. I may or may not be wearing orange pants, but you'll spot me just the same. You better sign up now at summeroflittles.com. Go down to the venue page and hit that RSVP button. We can't wait to see you. So here's one last glance into the past And a little wave goodbye One last glance into the past I'm letting go so I can fly Fly Looking out my back door It's a brand new day, sun has risen Or the mountains of yesterday Can't you just feel We are being played in this episode by Beth Williams And this song is called Have a Great Day Now this has a little show tune feel to it and I love it I hope she takes that as a compliment Because I think it's great And if you like what you hear, you can find all of Beth's stuff on her website. It's just BethWilliamsMusic.com. And you can also find her on YouTube. Just search Beth Williams Music. 
And she also owns her own recording studio, and that's called Hill Country Recording Studio. So head on over to her website and check her stuff out there. And as always, we'll play the full song. Have a great day at the end of the podcast. Hey, hey, everybody, get up, get out, go on. Let's have a great day. I'm walking in wisdom. All is well in the present. All right, all you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles. And Roxy, fun one. You ready? I'm ready. All right, please welcome to the podcast, Nick Milky. Hey, Nick, how's it going? I am fantastic. How are y'all tonight? We're great. Now, yeah. this is I'm the only one that hasn't had a drink. So <laughs> full disclosure, littles, this is an odd one. We're actually doing this later at night. We've uh-huh. done these before. Oh, yeah. But not in a while, Roxy. It's been a while. It's been a while. So Roxy was out painting the town, celebrating a friend's birthday. Yep. I was actually out working, but yep. that's besides the point. <laughs> and Nick has already disclosed that. Now, why don't we start there? What are you drinking? I'm drinking bourbon. I live in Alabama, and I'm a dedicated whiskey guy. I love bourbon. I love Tennessee whiskey. Yeah. And tonight, it is actually Jack Daniels, which is not bourbon. I should correct myself. It is oh. Tennessee whiskey. Uh, I see. Uh, yep. But mm-hmm. I've got some Jack Daniels and a chunk of ice, because that's I, the way I like to roll. Okay, that was Jack Daniels well. Th- that was a little homage <laughs> to another podcast I listened to. What is that? It's Girls Sports Beer Podcast. And that's <laughs> okay. what they always do. They always start the show with they're always drinking something new. So that yeah. was a little homage that. to them. I don't know if they're still if they're listening to us. I but think it's girls beer sports. Girls beer sports. What did I say? Girls sports beer. Oh come on, cut me some Roxy. <laughs> come on, you're right. Chuck. You're right. All right. Well, Nick, this, we're still in the show yes. here. This is all about you. Please take us back. Introduce yourself to loyal littles. Tell us a little something about yourself. Absolutely. My name is Nick Milky. I live in Alabama. I was born in Illinois, so that makes kind of the weird part of my story. I was born in Peoria, Illinois, and lived there till I was 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And then when I was 10, my family moved to obviously the most logical place from Peoria, Illinois, which was Selma, Alabama. Okay, I have to pause. Um, We have to pause. You you, you missed out. You left when you were 10. You never got to Big Al's, I'm assuming. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) All right, continue. We'll let the littles look that one up. That's right. Yeah, we moved to Selma, Alabama. And so I grew up and went to high school in Selma. And then I went to college. I moved over to Montgomery, which is the state capital. Mm-hmm. You've heard of both of those places if you paid attention to history yeah. at all in our country. Yeah. Grew up in Selma, went to college in Montgomery, and have been in Montgomery since 1997 when I moved over to be a freshman in college. I got a degree in religion. And so like anybody who gets an undergraduate degree in religion, I'm doing exactly what you think. I'm working in healthcare. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because when you're in college and you're dumb and you don't know for sure what you want to do, that's what you do. Uh And then life takes over and I work in healthcare. I work for a community blood bank and I joke all the time that I'm a professional vampire. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Excellent. All right. So where was the interest? How did you get into like you you were in religion, you graduated then. But how did you go into that? (laughs) I studied religion in college because when I was growing up, in the church. I had a youth director who was over our church youth group, really was a great guy. I just thought, wait, you could get a job where you just take people on trips all the time and go have fun. Like that sounded like the way to go. (laughs) And so I was a church youth director for probably 15 or 16 years. Over the course of doing that, I realized that at some point I was going to be too old for that. Mm -hmm. And I was going to be that old like youth director guy going, I don't understand kids in their music these days and just (laughs) screaming at people to get off my lawn. Yeah. Right. So I thought I should probably make a pivot. And this was around the time that I met my wife. And so I went back to graduate school to get a master's in public administration and As a joke and kind of as a throwaway, my wife said, what do you think you're going to do with this degree? And I said, I don't know, maybe something like Habitat for Humanity, because Mm -hmm. I was interested in the nonprofit sector, Mm -hmm. got my degree, kept working for the church for a little while. And then out of the blue, somebody that was affiliated with our Habitat for Humanity here in Montgomery called and said, hey, their executive director's leaving, and I think you might be interested in that job. I was. I interviewed. I was fortunate enough to get hired and worked there for about six years. And then, again, as a grown-up, a person with a job, a wife, four daughters, I did the most natural thing I could do. And two weeks before the pandemic hit in 2020, I left that job. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the brightest move I had. So I spent the first year of pandemic trying to find another job because at the time it was going to be fine. Little did we know it was coming two weeks later. And that right. put a damper on things. But everything worked out. 
everything was great. It was kind of a blessing in disguise. I got to spend a lot of time with my family that normally we're so busy we wouldn't have gotten to get through yeah. quarantine. Right. To my kids having to do school at home. My wife was a teacher at the time, so she was teaching from home. It just... It was one of those things you wouldn't have asked for or planned, but it ended up kind of being a blessing in disguise. So throughout the course of that process, then I found out about a job as the regional director at our local blood bank that works here in Montgomery. We're based in Florida, but we're in Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. Huge footprint. We provide 100% of all the blood for all of our local community hospitals. So it's a very community-oriented deal, still in the nonprofit world, in the healthcare world, the healthcare field. And I've been there about a year and a half, and it's really been amazing. So that's my journey to kind of who I am. And as I mentioned and maybe buried the lead on, I do have a wife and I have four daughters. And I I have a dog who's also a female, so I'm hopelessly (laughs) outnumbered. Well, I was just going to go there, actually, because I grew up with four sisters. So Yeah. (laughs) And that's why I host a podcast in my garage and drink whiskey all the time. Ah, All right. Well, let's get into that real quick. Well, that was a good segue. I was going to say you have a great speaking voice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you must put that to use. Yeah. And so you you have a podcast. I do. And that's the other funny thing you say about my voice or my accent. And that was what I was going to say. I was born in Illinois, lived there till I was 10, moved to Alabama. So I have this very weird hybrid of an accent. Mm -hmm. My family, who all still lives in Illinois, think I sound like Forrest Gump. (laughs) But on a relatively regular basis, just living my life in Alabama for the last 40, 33 years of my life, Uh I will pretty regularly encounter somebody who will go, you're not originally from here you enunciate a little too much i don't call every soft drink a coke i say soda you know there's these little things that happen but i think that that hybrid of my southern accent over 30 years and my little bit of midwestern illinois accent Mm. has spun into just this weird person that i am and yes i use it to host a podcast can you just say Mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. I, I can't. And I'll even give you the Forrest Gump version. Mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> there you go, Littles. You're welcome. All right. So well, let's talk about the podcast. What What is it about? Sure. Again, I'm a grown human male who was born in the late 70s. So I host a Star Wars podcast. Whoa. Um, wow. I, I was not expecting long- that. I have been a lifelong Star Wars fan. It has been, like anybody who grew up in the 80s, it was Star Wars, it was Indiana Jones, yeah. Back to the Future. You know, Those are the big things that I grew up with. As a little kid, it was He-Man and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But Star Wars has always been the thing that stuck with me. And over the years of being in high school and college, it was there, but it wasn't as present. And then as I got to be an adult, and maybe because I had some money that I had control over, and collected a few things from my childhood, and made friends, and different things, Started a podcast with a good, good friend of mine who also loves Star Wars. And when we started it, one of our wives said, who do you think is going to actually listen to this? And the throwaway line that we used was, we actually don't care. It just gives us an excuse to talk Star Wars with each other. Um, And it started that way. And then it basically the idea is deep dive studies into Star Wars and what makes it personal to people. So if you had a favorite passage of a Star Wars movie or Uh a TV show or a book or whatever... I bring you on. We actually a lot of times do a cocktail for the show. So it's a little bit of have a drink, have a great conversation about Star Wars. And we just kind of dig deep into what makes it personal to people. Why does it mean so much? What is it about the narrative, the storytelling, the characters? What is it about it that has been something that has been as popular and has endured as long as it has? And so it started out that way. My buddy, a year and a half or so ago that I started it with, he kind of had to step away. He had a lot of busy life stuff happening. And it was also during pandemic and I was home and had a lot of time on my hands. So I kind of <laughs> leaned into it and turned it into a weekly live stream that then I then put into the podcast feed. And then here in the last seven or eight months, partnered up with a good friend that I've met through podcasting. And he and I kind of formed a little mini network and on friday nights we host a live streaming show and every other week he and i put out versions of our own show and podcast feeds and it's just stuff about star wars we interview creators we interview actors authors really anybody we can get a hold of and it's just a lot of fun and as my wife has coined them and we have a t-shirt for it they are my weird space friends (laughs) Uh, but it's that hobby and you don't always pick your hobbies i do a lot of other things i like to Mm -hmm. camp i like to play music and whatever but 
this is my deal. I'm a Star Wars podcaster. Well, I can guarantee you some ears definitely perked oh, up. Oh, absolutely. We have a lot of Star Wars fans that listen to this podcast. We do. Outstanding. Well, so, I'm clearly bad at this because I didn't even say the name of well, it. Well, I was find. going don't, to don't ask. Don't you worry. We're gonna, I have already got my podcast app You're going to get a follow right I'm now. Gonna, say it now, but we're also going to give you a chance at the yes. end to plug anything you want to plug. So that'll be on the list. No doubt. Sure. My it? podcast is called Podcast of the Wills, and the name comes from one of the original titles for Star Wars that George Lucas came up with was from the Journal of the Wills, which was the book that the Force adherents studied and whatever. So it's called Podcast of the Wills, and it is found if you search in any podcast, podcatcher as you will, uh, if you search ATG Cast, that's the feed that I share with my buddy, and he and I both put out shows under ATG Cast. Gotcha. But my called Podcast of the Wills, so you can get all kinds of stuff under that heading. Well, if it makes you feel any better, this is exactly how the WTFC Podcast Network became and how the Loyal Littles <laughs> Podcast became was because I was in the, we were in the middle of a pandemic and I had nothing going on. So I was yep. like, we got to do this. So, wow, that's, that's right. great. Well, and it's just the way technology has grown and evolved. You know, obviously, everybody had to lean into Zoom during the pandemic because mm-hmm. everybody was working from home, doing school from home, teaching from home, all that different stuff. But it also, and this technology has was not new to the pandemic. We've had Skype for years, and we've yeah. had FaceTime for years, and we've had all these different things. But it was almost like the light bulb went off throughout a lot of different arenas where people realized, oh, I can have contact with somebody, or for somebody like me, who is a nobody podcaster that has a podcast studio in the corner of his garage in Alabama, mm-hmm. I can interview the guy. Did you ever see the show Kim's Convenience from Netflix? No. no. It's a Canadian sitcom about a Korean-owned grocery store, and there's a guy, Paul Sun Young Lee, who's the star of it. Well, he was also in several episodes of The Mandalorian. Well, I got to interview him last fall for a charity event that we did, and it's one of those things where I'm going, he lives in Canada, but I get to interview him because we have something like StreamYard or Skype or yeah, whatever right. it is you use to run your podcast. And we have these online TV studio that we use on Friday nights for our streaming show. And so we can do screen transitions and split screen and just make it look professional. And I'm just a ding dong in my garage having fun and nerding out. Right. But it really did shrink the world. And so I've been able to have on people who live in the UK and people who live all over the country. And as a result of that, also, much like the community of Littles, there's a community of, of course, there's a community of Star Wars fans, but Mm -hmm. there's a community of Star Wars podcasters. And I've gotten to make really great friends. And then back in May, the big Star Wars celebration convention was in Anaheim. And so we all got to go out there and hang out for four days and just the convention part was fun. But honestly, getting to sit out on the back porch of the Marriott Bar with my friends that I've met at night and have a drink and just go, holy crap, we get to hang out in real life. Yeah. Just, wow, you know, it's yeah. very similar to the Jingle Fest. To our, yeah. Yeah. It's very much a Jingle Fest vibe. It's very much a, again, the community of the littles. Like, yeah. Again, same thing. My wife doesn't understand my Star Wars stuff and she loves me anyhow, which is great. <laughs> Over so, the 20 years or more that I've listened to Kornheiser, it's the same thing. She's like, oh, is that a Mr. Tony thing? And she rolls her eyes and walks away because she doesn't get it. So and that's fine. How does she feel about you being interviewed for a podcast about the Tony Kornheiser show? I, I, haven't, I haven't told her that yet oh, because okay. I'm afraid she'll hurt herself when she rolls her eyes that hard. Right, um, right. <laughs> Well, the meta nature of it may be too much to handle. Right, right, right. Okay, but can we go back to Because you brought it up and I'm yeah. glad you did because you sound like a pro. So we're going to get, and then we have to take a quick break, but you brought up The Mandalorian. Now, say two people who have never seen it before started watching Mm -hmm. it, Mm -hmm. okay? And say you're like, I don't know, four, five, six episodes in. But they've seen, you Mm -hmm. know, the three original Star Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they've never seen The Mandalorian. Four, the three So they know the characters. They know who Luke, they know who Yoda is, and, you know, people like that. Okay. So if you're five or six episodes in, and someone then tells you, oh, (laughs) That's not really Baby Yoda. It's not like Yoda as a baby. <laughs> Is that a spoiler right. alert? What, what's what's no. what say you? Damn it! No, that that that's not a spoiler. <laughs> Come on, man! Yes. All right, I mean, let's it, get out of here. We need to take yeah. a no. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Yeah, it, it's I mean, it really helps if you know, of course, the timeline of when The Mandalorian takes place. And this is when I push my nerd glasses up. Yep. But The Mandalorian TV series takes place about five years after The Return of the Jedi. And so at this point, mm-hmm. we know Yoda yeah. died in Empire Strikes Back. Right. You know, Luke is still out in the galaxy doing something. And that kind of factors in at some point in the show. Mm-hmm. But no, that's just one of those. It's a good marketing thing. Obviously, that character, Baby Yoda, has drawn in so many people that watch this mm-hmm. show. Yeah. Even been a, oh yeah, I remember the original trilogy I watched as a kid. I haven't seen Star Wars since then. Yeah. My mother, who is in her mid to late 60s, 
only really know Star Wars because she had me as a kid and my mm-hmm. dad was a sci-fi guy. My dad called me halfway through the first season of The Mandalorian and he was like, your mom's hooked and it's because of Baby Yoda. Yeah. She thinks he's so cute. She's going to watch cute. He is cute. Again, that's the brilliance of Disney marketing, Star Wars mm-hmm. marketing, is it creates a doorway in and brings in new subscribers. Yeah. 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 He's appealing to little kids. He's appealing to people who are like, I don't really know what this is, but he really is cute. And then you've got, you know, the deep, sweaty nerds, as we sometimes refer to ourselves, like me, who are going, holy crap, look at that thing in the background. That's from, you know, Return of the Jedi. Or right, right. Uh-huh. Look at this character. They dropped this name that means something because I read that one book one time when I was in eighth grade. And it really covers the gamut of anybody who wants. And it's just a good story. If you didn't know anything about it at all, and you picked it up just at Mandalorian and watched it, I think you could really enjoy it because it's a good story, and I think it continues to get really good as it goes through the second season. Okay, but I have a quick question, though, because for someone like me, who I feel like I was fairly well-versed in Star Wars, I've seen kind of all the regular movies and now like the kind of in-between movies that are Mm -hmm. also amazing, I had no idea when this timeline was. I didn't yeah. know right. when The Mandalorian was happening when we started watching it. So is uh-huh. am I missing something? Is there something in the description or I mean you just said books, so did I miss a book or something? Like where no, does it where does it, it talk about the timeline where I would have been like, "Oh, this obviously duh happens after Return of the Jedi." You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And I'm trying to remember now when that I think I learned that because at some point Somebody who wrote an article, whether it was for oh. Variety or an article online where a million people had to take the time to go, when does this happen? And I'm sure Dave Filoni or John Favreau or somebody who worked on the show said, this is when it set. And then it became, you know, a news story that ran for several weeks. And so they have laid out this entire timeline of this is where all the movies take place. This I is see. where the animated yeah. series gotcha. fit between. You can Google it if you ever were actually interested. Yeah. And it'll tell you literally where every Star Wars thing that has been created, basically since the Disney buyout. Because mm-hmm. when Disney bought Star Wars, they did, I guess the term we use is they decanonized a lot of the old books that came out in the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. and kind of started fresh with the books. But yeah. what that allows them to do is pull stories or characters or things that they think are interesting and make them a part of new canon and still use them, and they have. But I also heard somebody describe it one time because, of course, like a lot of different fandoms and like sports and like so many other things in life, there's a bunch of negative people in Star Wars fandoms, and all they want to do is complain. And I compare it all the time. Like, if you went to a restaurant, had a terrible experience, and instead of never going back, you go back three or four times a week, (laughs) order the food, pay for it, and spend all of your energy complaining about it, you're just going, what are you still doing here? Right. If you don't right. like this, why are you here? Right. Right. So the people that complained about the decanonization of some of those books and that kind of stuff, I heard one of the creatives that works for Lucasfilm describe it as, so just imagine that those stories that are no longer technically canon are the stories that the in-universe characters might tell around a campfire. Mm. They're legend. They're, mm-hmm. oh, gotcha. one time Luke Skywalker did this amazing thing. Yeah. Just because it's not technically a real thing anymore, because guess what? None of it's a real thing, and we're all getting worked up about something (laughs) that, as George Lucas famously said, is a story about space wizards for children. So what what are we really getting so sweaty and... What are we doing out here, man? Come on, man. What are we doing out there, man? All right, listen, we got to take a quick break. I have another question, and I swear a little, we'll get off the Star Wars stuff, because he's got a whole (laughs) podcast about that. Yeah. You can go listen to it over there. You can get all you need there. There, exactly. But we'll be right back with... Meet the Littles. Hey, Chuck and Roxy, this is the Tony Beeson. And this is the Roop Sharma. And we are inviting all Cincinnati area Littles to join us at Sonder Brewing, which is just south of Kings Island Amusement Park, on Saturday, August the 6th at 5 p.m. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And it is Star Wars fandom fantastical episode. I don't know what we're going to call this, but we have Nick Milky with us and we're very excited about that. I have a quick another follow-up Star Wars question, then we'll get off of it. Yes. So my question is, are you a Family Guy fan? I have not 
properly sat down and watched Family Guy. I have okay. seen a million episodes over the years because of TBS. I have seen the Blue Harvest episodes, okay. which are the yes. Star Wars parody episodes. I mean, so I am conversant, I guess, but I can't say I know everything about Family Okay, Guy. that's fine. But let, that's what I wanted to talk about, obviously. So yes. are those freaking genius? Or are you like... Yes, they are. They're, they're, they're right? very funny. Okay, they're amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. They're very funny. And another one, if anybody's ever interested... If you've ever seen, there's a, there was a show on Comedy Central for years, Robot Chicken. Yeah. Robot right. Chicken also did great Star Wars parodies, and a lot of them oh. are like Seth Green doing yeah. the voices, and it's the stop-motion oh, cool. animation. Same kind of thing, hilarious, really leans into the ridiculousness that really is Star Wars, mm -hmm. but from a different angle, and it's just a lot of fun, and that's what Star Wars is supposed to be, so mm -hmm. I'm yeah. a big fan of all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the Family Guy ones, I and I actually one time, because when they came out with the Return of the Jedi one, yeah, I hadn't seen Return of the Jedi in probably... 15 20 years mm -hmm. so sure. i actually put the i actually watched the return of the jedi again before i watched the family guy one because i wanted to get all the jokes yeah and i knew That's i right. wouldn't makes it I, even better yeah i knew i wouldn't get them yeah it's like you had to refresh even empire of the strikes back was a tough one for me because mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. i was missing some stuff okay enough enough of that sure. let's get into <laughs> when did you i know you said it was about 20 years ago but how did you start listening yeah. to tony all that stuff Absolutely. As I mentioned previously, when I graduated from college, I went to work as a youth director in a church. And the first job that I had out of college, I probably started listening a little bit while I was still in college because we have sports talk radio here, as we do all over the country. And in the South, we have college football. Mm. And so we have Paul Feinbaum, as Tony likes to call him, Paul Feinbaum, which, <laughs> fair enough. In the South, we call him Paul Feinbaum. He's originally from Alabama, or he's from Tennessee, but his show started in Alabama, got big in Alabama. And then when he joined SEC Network, they moved him to Charlotte, and I think that's where he still does all his stuff. But that was a big thing here. I mean, college football is king in the South, and I live in Alabama, and it doesn't get much bigger than the University of Alabama, despite the fact that I am an Auburn fan, and I know we're going to talk about fan mm -hmm. sports fandoms oh. in a little bit. So that's a tough one, but we'll get to that. Okay. So I probably listened to some sports talk radio in the car in my college days, driving around, going to work, whatever it was. But when I got my first job out of college, and I actually had an office, and I had to do office work and be in the office. I had a radio, and I would turn on the Sports Talk radio channel that was here. And at that point, he was Tony was on ESPN, and it was, and I can't ever remember who came first, but it was Dan Patrick's show and Tony Kornheiser show. Mm -hmm. And those two ran back to back, and Dan the Duke Davis would do the news breaks in between, and he'd come in, he'd talk to Tony, he'd do the news. And then from there, it became eventually the internet show and the commercial breaks that were streamed that didn't uh -huh. get to air. And I was hooked. I was hooked immediately because I say all the time, Tony is the grouchy old man that I aspire to be. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like David Letterman. I mean, mm -hmm. Letterman was my guy in college. My sweet spot watching TV in college was the John Stewart Daily Show at 10, mm -hmm. David Letterman at 1030, and Conan at 1130. Mm -hmm. Like, that was a perfect night of watching late night TV. I love Letterman. I love Conan. I mean, Kornheiser, because again, that's the grouchy old man I aspire to sure. be. Yeah. So I was hooked immediately. The humor, smart and funny. I mean, that's why I've stuck around this time, because that's what does it for me as well. And so I've stuck with the show through every iteration that has been since that point, which would have been 2001, 2000, somewhere in there. So mm -hmm. it's been a good 22 years at this point. Over the years, I've had the occasional email read, some really silly things along the way. As my kids became kids and would go to school in the morning, we'd listen to it. Yeah. And they said at one point, my twin said that they thought Tony sounded like Nemo's dad, Marlon, from Finding oh, Nemo. Yeah. Oh. And I'm blanking on the actor's <laughs> name. But they were like, he sounds like Nemo's dad. And so I sent an email to that effect at one point and he read half of it and he chuckled. And then it was literally like, I've had three emails, I think, that were the, oh, we don't have enough time. We'll finish it tomorrow, which, of course, we never do. Right. Uh, <laughs> so I've had a couple of cutoff emails. At one point, they did the funny intros on this episode of Tony Kornheiser mm -hmm. show. Whatever, whatever. I did one that was the DC Bagel Review oh. as a funny intro that they used. I feel like one of my bigger claim to fame moments was I sent an email because... I was at one of our local barbecue joints downtown here one afternoon having a beer. And as I'm sitting there with a buddy of mine who also is a little, shout out to Brian, I see this guy walk up to the window of the barbecue restaurant, put his hands over his eyes to kind of peek through the glass to see what's going on on the inside. And he looked for a second and it took me a minute to register. And he walked away from the door and I looked at him and I said, that was Lewis Black. Nice. And 
I like chased him down outside the barbecue joint. He was in town doing a stand-up gig that night at our local performing arts center, and he was wandering around downtown, catty corner from our minor league baseball stadium, all this kind of stuff. And so I stopped and I said, Mr. Black, and he turned around and he goes, yeah. And I said, I'm a huge fan of yours. I love you on The Daily Show. I have your stand-up albums, all that kind of stuff. And I said, and I feel like it's my job to tell you something. I said, I listened to the Tony Kornheiser show. And he's been talking for years about how he wants to play, play golf, golf with, with you, you. <laughs> President Obama. And he had that the threesome or the foursome that yeah. he wanted to do, uh-huh. that he would just hit it all the time. And he looked at me and he was like, uh, yeah. He was like, we need to make that happen. Like I was somehow connected to the show. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and he was very nice. And he was like, all right, well, thanks. And he turned around and walked away. So I sent an email to that effect that got read. And there's been one in that last little bit that was some other dumb little thing. But again, it's that little thing that just makes me happy. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Connected to the show. I've got several friends here in Montgomery who are littles that I've found along the way. Well, hello. Um, We're going to have to meet them. Yeah. So we're going to have to get connected. And I've got a good friend that I went to college with. This is another great one. We went to college together. We graduated in 2001 so over 20 years ago and we've reconnected in the last couple of years and he lives in austin texas and somehow through our reconnecting maybe because he heard my email read on the show and he messaged me but he's been a tk fan for years he used to be a newscaster in georgia and he worked with what's his name who was on survivor Devers. rick, rick devins yeah. yes rick yeah. and him worked together at a news station in georgia right after he got out of college at some point, and maybe even Rick was like his intern or something. So he had all these little like connection moments, the David Aldridge moments, the mm-hmm. whatever. And so right. Dan, my buddy who lives in Austin, we've connected over that and gotten to just reconnect from being in college nice. together and become really good friends. So then when that season of Survivor was on, my whole family watched it, and I was like, y'all, I know him, even though I don't know him <laughs> right. at all. But I know him. And right. when he won that challenge and, re- and screamed La Cheeserie, yeah, right? that was so Best good. thing that ever happened to me. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. As it was for all and the littles, so I feel like, that watched all Survivor. Those, all those little moments have just come along the way. So then there's another one, Mary Faye Randall, uh-huh. yep. who sends emails periodically on the show. She goes to church with my friend Dan who lives in Austin, and he knows her, and he's like, she's the sweetest woman I've ever met yeah. in my life. Aww, that's it's so just, nice to hear. again, one of those amazing things. So yeah. this community has grabbed me from the beginning, and it grabbed me starting with Tony, and again, just having those moments along the way where right. you get to connect with somebody. It just makes it that much better. Right, absolutely. Just for the record, episode 10 of the Loyal Littles podcast, Mary Faye Randolph. Oh, yeah. How about that? So, I will definitely have to go back and listen yeah. to that one. So, um, yeah, she was really early on. So yep. the, the sound quality is kind of bad. Sorry. All right. So real quick, let's go into your sports fandom. You kind of dropped the bomb sure. already. You live in Alabama. <laughs> I but, am. But you're and, I am, and I'm an Auburn, Auburn fan. Auburn fan. Okay. And it's been a tough road because there's nothing that Tony... Well, <laughs> it's been tough for a lot of reasons. I will say that I dearly love Bruce Pearl, and I'm so excited about Bruce Pearl and Auburn basketball. Auburn football is king in the South. I said that before. That hasn't changed. I love Auburn football. When we won the national championship with Cam Newton, it was the best. Uh-huh. Full disclosure, my wife is a graduate of the University of Alabama, so we do have that typical wow. house divided, which is uh, not uncommon in the South. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, It's not that big of a deal, and we have four daughters, and two of them naturally chose to be Auburn fans, two and chose to be Alabama excellent. fans. It works out fine. <laughs> but I will say one of the bigger grr moments for me in my years listening to Tony is Tony loves Pat Forty, and I enjoy listening to Pat Forty, but Pat Forty loves nothing more than crapping on Auburn, <laughs> and sometimes it wears me out, especially when it comes to basketball, and I know Bruce Pearl and his Tennessee thing back in the day, that was mm-hmm. kind of dumb, and the stuff that happened more recently, so far he's still got a job, and he's still coached amazing basketball, I don't know, that's my one gripe with Pat Forty, but I can get over it, because... I do have other fandoms. I was a baseball fan. That's been mm-hmm. my original number one sports love. Yep. Having been born in Illinois, I was a Cardinals fan for a long time. Okay. Oh, okay. And then we moved to Alabama, and thanks to the glorious of Ted Turner and yep. his broadcasting system, <laughs> I became a Braves fan, and I will be a dyed-in-my-bones Braves fan for the rest of my life. Excellent. I have been since 1989 in the bad days with Dale Murphy and Jeff Treadway and... Mm-hmm. All that through all the division championships in the 2000s. And part of the reason that I was able to deal with Auburn football last season was because the Braves won the World Series. And the rest of it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, So I love the Braves. I grew up a Bears fan for a little bit. I had the Super Bowl shuffle record when I was a kid that I played on my Fisher-Price record player. Nice. Uh, (laughs) 
I just love sports in general. I love basketball. I played basketball and baseball in high school. Professional sports, most of the time, other than the Braves, I just watch what's on. I don't have hardcore allegiances. I'm close to the Saints. We love the Saints sometimes. Nice. Honestly, I love watching the Washington football team because, well, I hear it talked about. You yeah, know, exactly. Yep. My favorite podcast. Yep. But yeah, I love college football. I love sports of all kinds. I love golf. I don't play it very often, but when I do, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Great. But if it's a sport, I'm usually into it. Cool. Excellent. All right, so now we have to do this as well because we got hooked up through Bob Walsh mm-hmm. is how we got yes. hooked up with you. So let's go into that. You graciously have said you're going to host a Summer of Littles this year. So let's mm-hmm. talk about that. Where's that and the location and all that stuff? Absolutely. Our Summer of Littles is going to be here in Montgomery, Alabama, and it is going to be at Moe's Original Barbecue, M-O-E apostrophe S, Moe's mm-hmm. like Mo from the three stooges i guess yeah yeah mo's barbecue is some guys that went to auburn moved to colorado and started a barbecue joint because they wanted barbecue like they were used to at home Mm -hmm. and now there's a bunch of them there's one in denver there's one in auburn there's one in montgomery we were at the beach this last weekend with my family there's one down there so great local barbecue joint i frequent ours here pretty regularly because they have two dollar happy hour beer specials which i'm a big fan of And last year, my oldest kids were doing a play at our local community theater. And so when I would drop them off at play practice, which happened to be next door to Moe's Barbecue, I would just hang out and have some $2 beers while they went to play practice. So just a good little spot, great outdoor patio. So we're going to have our summer of littles meet up there. Wow. That's while the kids are at play practice. They're off the play this summer. (laughs) I love that term. We love that term. Quote unquote play practice. Excellent. (laughs) That's so great. All right. Well, Nick, we can't thank you enough for yes. coming on to Meet the Littles. This has been fantastic. Now, we know you don't really know this, but we pride ourselves on our fun, dumb questions. So we hope that's going to be okay. I, I uh, love a fun, dumb question. All right. Well, I'm going to start us off. Here we go. What do we call this? Rapid fire? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Star Wars or Star Trek? <laughs> I oh, kid. Star Wars. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> That is one of our questions. I have, no prob- I have no problem with Star Trek. In fact, my father is a huge Star Trek fan, so I've seen it all, but Star Wars is my jam. Okay. I was joking. I was totally joking. I mean, that is one of our questions, though. I thought that was funny. So let's do uh, a different one. Smooth or crunchy okay. peanut butter? I like smooth peanut butter. All right. Okay. Everyone in the house like that, or is there a divide there, too? For the most part, I've only recently bought them a jar of crunchy, and they seem to all be into it, so that tide may be turning on that. Ah, okay. 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 Gotcha. All right. If you could be an Olympic athlete, in what sport would you compete? Oh, man. I mean, because I grew up playing baseball and I miss baseball being in the Olympics, I want to say that. But Mm. I feel like it needs to be something that doesn't require. Like I feel like the luge might be the thing. Because as Jerry Seinfeld said, Mm -hmm. you just lay on it and hold on for your life. There's really not a lot of skill involved. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. That's how I feel about curling. I feel like I... See, there you go. You could actually compete in that. Yeah. Gotcha, I feel like I'd be okay. (laughs) I feel like we're putting these athletes down, though, because I'm sure there's a lot that... No, I know. There's probably a lot that goes into it. I can assure you there's way more training than I'm remotely prepared for. (laughs) Right. All right. If you could be a cartoon character for a week, who would you want to be? Cartoon character for a week? That is such a great question. I think my cartoon character, if I could be... I'll tell you who it would be. And I'm not going to remember his name. Maybe it was Baloo. In Tailspin, late 80s, early 90s, Baloo the bear from the Jungle Book was in the Tailspin cartoon, and he flew the Grumman Goose seaplane, which is always something I have wanted to do. I have wanted to fly a seaplane. I love the Grumman Goose. I think it's amazing. I would want to be Baloo from Tailspin. Yes, I know who you're talking about. I actually about. remember that, sort of. I never really watched it, but I remember My the opening. My brother was really into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know the character's name, though. It must, I guess it's Blue. I love the Jungle Book. Yeah, so. yeah. What is your favorite time of day? Mm, I like nighttime. And as a night owl, as we've discussed, <laughs> everybody in my house usually goes to bed early. So nighttime gives me a chance to do things I need to do, uh-huh. do things I want to do, uh-huh. decompress a little bit, just chill. And because I'm a night owl, it's my chance to start to slow down, but on my terms, because yeah. the rest of the day is usually in fast forward. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. If you could have dinner with anyone from history, who would it be? Wow. I mean, it's hard not to say Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., just mm-hmm. because not only where I live in Montgomery and Selma sure. and the things that we've obviously seen, certainly just in my little bit of my life, but mm-hmm. over the course of our history, to see what he did over the course of his life and to be as young as he was when it was all happening, mm. just I can think of a few things more inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great that's answer. A, yeah. All right. One more, Roxy. What is your favorite movie quote? 
Ooh, favorite movie to quote. I quote old school a lot. Okay. Um, with Will Ferrell mm-hmm. and Luke Wilson and the whole deal. Like, I had a group of buddies right when I got out of college, the friends that I hung out with when my college friends moved away. That just kind of became our thing. Like, we'd hang out and we'd watch old school or we'd go to the lake and everybody would fall asleep on the couches because we drank beer all night and we'd wake up the next morning and it was just playing on a loop and mm-hmm. it just kind of got ingrained into my head. So, yeah. random things that pop up. Vince Vaughn, when he's talking to Luke Wilson and Luke Wilson's freaking out because he slept with the guy's daughter who was in high school and Luke Wilson says something about, yeah, he's like, I could get arrested. And Vince Vaughn goes, yeah, for being awesome. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for being awesome is a good quote to just throw into place. Yeah, for being awesome. Okay. Gotcha. Well, Nick, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and meet the Littles. This has been fantastic. It's been my pleasure. Oh, that's great. Plug everything. Plug your podcast and then tell everyone about Summer Littles again. Absolutely. My Star Wars podcast, which is called Podcast of the Wills, you can find it on any podcatcher by searching ATG Cast, C-A-S-T. That's where my show is. My buddy Pete has a show called Around the Galaxy. We do a weekly or every other week streaming show that's on Friday nights. I'll be doing that about every Friday. So ATG Cast, you can see Podcast of the Wills episodes. And if you want to find me on social media, the best thing to do is on Twitter. I am at WillsPod, which is W-H-I-L-L-S. At Will's Pod on Twitter, that leads you to everywhere else I am. But Summer of Littles is going to take place here in Montgomery. Our meetup is going to be at Moe's Original Barbecue on Fairview Avenue. So if you happen to be in the Montgomery area, you want to come down, come hang out. I know there will at least be a little handful of us hanging out and having some of those good $2 happy hour beers. Excellent. That's Saturday, August 6th, right? August 6th. August 6th. All right, Nick, thanks again for coming on to Meet the Littles. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? Over, because it is a bib, not a cape. (laughs) (laughs) That's a first. Great. All right, all you loyal listeners, we'll be right back. Hey, guys, are you in Boston? Do you want to take part in the Summer of Littles? I've got some good news for you. My name is Sean. I'll be hosting the Boston site for Summer of Littles. That's August 6th at 5 p.m. at the Hub Pub downtown Boston on Province Street. We might even have a surprise Louise Gluck poetry reading. I cannot confirm that, but I'm hoping we can pull that off. So that's August 6th, 5 p.m. Hub Pub in Boston. Hope to see you there. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And thank you, Nick, for coming on to meet the Littles. And what a fun time, Roxy. I mean, I'm just thrilled that he confirmed that the Family Guy Star Wars <laughs> thing was brilliant. Because yeah. it really was. If you haven't had a chance, really should check that out. Um, I do want to just say really, really quick. I saw on Disney Plus, they're coming out with a new original Star Wars series called Andor. Hmm? Yeah, I don't know. It just popped up on my Instagram the other day, and oh. I was like, oh, interesting. Well, so I think September 21st it comes out. I mean, I'd say I'd love to sit down and watch that, but I'm sure Tiny Chuck will spoil that one too for us. Can ah, someone just give kidding. us the timeline of this? <laughs> yeah, right. I have when, no idea. Yeah, right. Nick, <laughs> right in. When, when's the timeline of that one? So we have an idea of what right. we're getting into. So, well, Roxy, we, had, we wanted to talk about this a little bit. We had a little trip. It was your mom's birthday last week. Yes. Now, because Chuck here was still semi-recovering from COVID, yep. we decided for their safety not to go up. Until after. Until after I made sure I was mm-hmm. completely. Yep. So yeah. a couple days after her birthday, we went up. Yeah. Yeah. We went up for the weekend. You yep. went up for the weekend. Yep. I went up for a day because I had a gig on Sunday yep. to work. So I came back, but we went up, spent the day Saturday. The funny thing, can I go first? <laughs> yes, and then we'll get you into because your first. golf game was later. Later, okay, yeah. The funny thing is, we talked a lot of movies, which we should get into too, because we mm-hmm. teased that two episodes ago and didn't go into that. But my favorite thing is when I get there, <laughs> they're like cheering. She had champagne chilling in the fridge, <laughs> congratulating me on my newfound freedom, as everyone's <laughs> calling it, from my job being unemployed. Being unemployed. <laughs> now, the funny thing is, I mean, is this a dream? scenario is seriously littles is this like the dream in-law scenario i go and tell my new in-laws just over a year yep i'm unemployed and they're throwing me a party practically for it (laughs) not worried about how you're going to support their daughter right exactly don't no no who cares who cares you're out of there you're done with that show get out (laughs) get out and i just think that's hilarious that they were literally your mom literally had champagne oh she was jumping up and down on ice yeah congratulating and i'm just like but i'm unemployed now that's not really a great thing so anyway i just thought that was hilarious so that's like 
dream come true for me. Yeah. You know, the in-laws are congratulating No pressure, me. Chuck. No pressure. We talked movies because they keep yelling at me. They're like, well, you need to get movies. Get out of the 80s. Get out of the 80s. But these are fun <laughs> movies that Roxy's never seen. So we teased the one. The one we teased was Chances Are. Now, I had a long affiliation with this movie. I loved this movie when I first saw it, like 20, 25 years ago, to the point where it was between this movie and another one that I was going to start writing a musical based on. Mm -hmm. Now, this is before everyone and their brother started doing it. Yep. So I stopped. And this was not the one I chose. This was my backup. Right. I really enjoyed it. This is what's fun for me, too, doing these rewatches, is that it was a little problematic for me, too, because I haven't seen it in 20 years. Yeah. But anyway, it was a really fun movie. Mary Stuart Masterson's in it. She will never She's do... She's your crush. Well, she was my crush from some kind of wonderful... I mean, she was a drummer. I mean, hello. Mm -hmm. But she's in this movie, Robert Downey Jr., Sybil Shepard. I mean, just a great cast all around. Yeah. Now, I get but where... But it's a little problematic. Well, I wouldn't say problematic. It was just a little weird. And I don't know why it wasn't so weird to me back then as it was this time, but I still see what they're going with. I just felt bad because the song by Peter Cetera and Cher... Yep. Uh, after all, after all, <laughs> is what I talked Roxy into walking down the aisle to this last wedding we had, the, the second one, yes. second time. Here we are again. Yep. I guess it, it must, must be, be fate. fate. Right. Uh -huh. So the words were great. It was perfect for our scenario. But it didn't really work for the movie. Yeah. I didn't understand why that song with that movie and that scene. I mean, I guess we can't go really go spoilers because it's been out for decades now. But yeah. I mean, I'm it sorry. It was a cute idea. I guess it's a cute idea. It was problematic for me because... The dad is back as not the dad, but rem has, has memories of being the dad and then is trying to get with the daughter. No, wait a minute. Or at the first, daughter's wait, wait, wait. trying to get with the dad. Okay, but at first he And that's didn't. a little strange. Right, so the whole premise of the story is this guy, spoiler alert, this guy dies. Yeah, he comes which back, I called, by the way. He comes back. You, oh, you say that every time a movie starts. <laughs> then he comes back reincarnated in another body. Right. Okay, now the premise is that you're supposed to get a shot while you're up in heaven. So that you don't, don't have any past life memories. memories. Right. Right. So he's now like... 18, 19, I guess, because yeah, he's, or no, it's more, 22, uh, he's graduating college. Mm -hmm. And he meets this girl at college. Long story short, it turns out that That's... he starts remembering his past. So they kind of, they don't really date. They do kiss. They hook, not, they don't even hook up. They just kiss. Yeah. But then he starts remembering and realizes that, oh my gosh, I was her father in right. a previous life. Right. Then shenanigans ensue, which I believe is your word. And yes. And he sees the the mother who happens to be his wife from the past life. And then right. it's trying to get her back and get her to realize that it's him. And then at the end, he somehow gets the shot that is <laughs> supposed to make him. romantic comedy. But then, I mean, everyone's there. Everyone knows what just happened in this one week. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's okay. No problem. But Roxy, can we just acknowledge the fact that Chuck here is willing to sit down and watch a romantic comedy with you? Well, yes, that's okay. fine. Right. It just, I know you didn't love it. It's it okay. was not my favorite. I did like your other, the the choice that you did make on writing yeah. the musical. Well, maybe we'll movie. get to that one. We'll we get to that one. Now we've both seen that. Yeah. I've seen it a bazillion times. I'll watch obviously. it again. I liked but that one. Yeah, it was a cute movie. And maybe we'll get into that because mm -hmm. I am in the process still. I guess it's still table but like i said everyone does it today everyone writes movie musicals yeah but no on one's movie. done that one no one's done that one it's true anyway let's get to the second movie real quick roxy loved this one american beauty nope uh, <laughs> roxy hated this movie and i'm getting a lot of crap for it but i would like to in my defense if i may plead my case here for a second eight academy award nominations five wins best picture in 2000 best actor kevin spacey best director sam menendez Best Cinematography, Conrad Hall. Best Original Screenplay, Alan Ball. I mean, and Annette Bening was nominated. Thomas Newman was nominated for Best Score. Best Film Editing was nominated. I mean, come on, Roxy. It's, I guess what I'm saying is that's my plea to at least say we should, we should have sat down and watched this movie. All I have to say is my husband likes some pretty effed up movies. <laughs> that's it. I, all right, look, all I wasn't I can say writing a musical it. based on it. No, but I was just saying it was a good movie. I thought it was a good, some good performances. It was not a good movie. Oh, come on. It was man. not a good movie. I'm surprised that it won that many awards. Well, maybe it was a light year. I don't remember what it was up against, to be yeah. honest. But and even that, that does just because it won an awards back then does well, not mean it's a great movie. And in full disclosure, she's not, 
I don't think you took this whole, you know, we know Kevin Spacey now right. into play. No, I didn't. I think you I went just, into it with an open mind. I went into it with an open mind. Well, I didn't know he was in it in the first place. Oh, right. I was envisioning some other, like a beauty pageant type <laughs> movie that like is like funny. Like congeniality? Yeah. And no. then I'm seeing this and I'm like, this is not what I thought. I Suddenly she's looking at this, I'm this like, plastic bag blowing in the air. I right. mean, that part was okay. Right. I That I made sense to me. But yeah, I just, I hated it. All right. I well, hated all right, it. let's get to the best part of the weekend for you. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm jealous. Roxy got to play golf. I had to come back to New York. Roxy stayed up there and had a golf outing with her dad. Yep. And apparently they sent me some videos. Maybe we'll tweet these out, but I don't know. It's you got to try the, the Roxy method. The, the one is not that selling point because, you know, you're... I still missed. You still missed the putt. But, so. okay, All so... Right, so go into this. Okay, so first four holes, my typical eight, nine, ten, whatever. Terrible. My last five... I guess we should also premise... You haven't played in a long time. I haven't played in... In over a year. Over a year. Yeah, right. Okay, so... And we just did nine holes. But once I got to my fifth hole, my dad was trying to help me with my putting. My putting is terrible. I think I'm aiming the club in the right direction. And it's way, way off. Like, it's not even reading the green. It's not anything like that. It's just I feel like I'm lined up. And I'm very not. So he was trying to help me. He realized watching my swing that it's my club face was fine. It was my feet. My feet were not pointing in the right direction. So I decided to try something new and you will see it in the videos if we tweet them out. I'm a very visual person. So I lined myself up facing the hole, which angle I needed to be on. Then I made a perpendicular right angle with my feet and then paralleled my feet and then scooched over and hit the ball. Okay, so basically, and, and it narrowed my missing my missing by a lot. But seriously, little, to a little. If it would annoy the hell out of anybody, I think, if you did this every putt, every time you're, it's it doesn't matter. Like, imagine seeing this on your it, TV screens on the LPGA. But it's that would be really cool. But it reminds me of those things. People, someone that has like a um, a superstition. Like it's, yeah. it's what it, that's what it looks like. Like you have I a routine and if you don't, if, if you, you don't, don't yeah. do the routine, then bad things happen. But right. I will say, and my dad can attest to this. I went from maybe five putting holes to two putting holes. Okay. Well, that's definitely a major improvement. So all because of the Roxy method. <laughs> We're going to sell the Roxy method sponsored by stickgrip.com. Yes. Where you can get your golf clubs re-gripped. Yes. So just go to stickgrip.com and use the code. LLPod. All right, let's get out of here, Roxy. We'll try to put some of those videos up if we can, because they are kind of (laughs) hilarious. And hopefully Chuck here is going to get out and hit the greens at some point soon, too. Uh So, all right. And thank you, Nick Milkey, for coming on to Meet the Littles this episode. And thank you, Sean Smith, Tony Beeson, Rube Sharma, and Jason Bullitt for our bumpers this episode. All right. And like we said, we're not sure when this will drop. We want to release an episode on Summer of Littles. Yeah. But... Who knows? We'll see what happens there because depending on when this one gets dropped. The turnaround time. Yeah, the turnaround time. So anyway, all right. Have a great week, all you loyal listeners. And remember, if you are out shopping online tonight, please, people, use the code. Use the code. Happy birthday, Roxy. And Mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to (laughs) get. So here's one last glance into the past. And a little wave goodbye One last glance into the past I'm letting go so I can fly Fly, fly Looking out my back door it's a brand new day, sun has risen O'er the mountains of yesterday, can't you just feel it? Joy is in the air, there's a new beginning In a field of flowers without a care There's a part of me that wants to hold on to the past And what might have been But the river that flows deep in my soul reminds me Come on and jump in So I'm gonna get up Get out, go on, have a great day I'm gonna get up Get out, go on, like a child run play I'm gonna get up Get out, go on Hey, hey, everybody get up Get out, go on Let's have a great day
walking in wisdom all is well in the presence of a perfect love that cannot fail peace and kindness compassion forgiveness harmony keep me in line with who i am and who i'm meant to be there's a part of me that wants to hold on to the past but then again the river that flows deep in my soul reminds me there's more to life than what might have been so i'm gonna get up get out go on have a great day i'm gonna get up get out go on like a child run play i'm gonna get up get out go on hey hey everybody get up get out go on let's have a great The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Y'all, I know him. Oh, yeah.